broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canseone Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothbarb. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, everything that you want in downtown Las Vegas, right off of Fremont Street. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb um, from beautiful Southern California. We're going to leave it at that because I don't want to hear it tonight. <laughs> It's, it's only 72 degrees. <laughs> oh, shush. Shush. <laughs> I'm going to get bombarded tonight because I got you and our guest, Josh Schaefer, uh, both Californians now. You've been there so long that you're, you're part of California history. <laughs> well, I hope only on the good side. But uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Josh and uh, finding out about the rain and uh, finding out about some of these high-profile players like Byfield and uh, Turcotte and, and how much trajectory do they have. Yeah, exactly. And Josh had a chance because he called uh, a lot of the games for them uh, last season, and then uh, they made him a full-time guy this year. So we're going to give him a big congratulations on that part of it. But Josh, uh, an ASU alum, graduated in 2020. I remember him calling uh, ASU games when they first started playing NCAA hockey, and uh, he's a talent, no doubt about it. I, when you said the name, it sounded familiar. And now that you said, and when when you mentioned he was ASU announcer, uh, when when they did start, I do remember the name. Uh, I've always enjoyed ASU broadcasts. Honestly, uh, you know, it's always been uh, energetic. It's always been informative. It's always been a really fun time watching ASU when when at least you could listen to the ASU broadcast. Yeah, and I'll tell you for, firsthand from being around him, well, is there nobody works harder, nobody was more professional as even a, a freshman, sophomore at ASU. He was always dressed like a professional broadcaster, always took his job seriously, and um, his graduation was a loss to the Sun Devils. Let me just put it that way. Absolutely, and uh, it was the gain of the rain, uh, not to be a poet, but uh, oh, very he's, nice, he's, very he's, nice. He's he's he's, he's going to, he's going to do well there, and uh, I'm looking forward to listening to him during the season. Okay, so speaking of rain, this is a uh, two year anniversary of uh, an event that you <laughs> went to that got a little rained on. <laughs> different uh, type of rain, but different type of rain. But yes, I was actually just texting with my son about it, and he was telling his friends about it because you know there are just certain times that you come across uh, an event you're at. And it doesn't really matter about the game. It's just the event itself that becomes bigger than, than anybody expected it to. And I guess my – I didn't even realize this. My uh, buddy who we, Paul and I were with, along with my son, uh, was live tweeting us, doing something during the game that uh, brought attention. And then the announcers made comments about us. And, and my son just started it all by saying, you know what? I want to go down there. Let's see if we can get a ball from the ball boy. Simple as that, and we just started walking down <laughs> the steps all together like they did in uh, – I forgot the movie that, that it was from, uh, that they were comparing it to. But uh, it was it was a fun night. It was a fun night. As I said, it was one of the most fun times I've had at a baseball game that wasn't involving the Yankees. 
And folks, he was at a Mets game, and I'm even surprised they let him in. As diehard <laughs> Yankee fan as you are, Rob, uh, I can't believe they even let you in the building. You know, you know, I was I was incognito. <laughs> oh, that's it. I love it. You're hiding behind Paul Ornstein. <laughs> yes, and if you look at the video, you can see it. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Anyway, we'll get uh, get into Josh here in just a few minutes as we bring him on about, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes from now. Um, I don't know how you transition in or out of this, but we lost another really good young hockey player today. And um, the tragic news came this morning and uh, people still trying to figure out exactly what happened. I don't know uh, for sure what happened, but Jimmy Hayes, 31 years old, uh, passed away today. And if you want to know somebody that had a touch of a lot of different people, just look at the tributes that were put out there from NHL, AHL, uh, college. Uh, Jimmy Hayes touched everyone in the hockey world. From Boston College to the Colorado Eagles to uh, to the New Jersey Devils with P.K. Subban. I mean, Boston Bruins, obviously. Uh, I mean, just tons of tributes coming in, and it's just a sad day, especially on the heels of the kids uh, over the weekend. Uh, just just one sad day after another, and, and the season can't start quick enough type of thing. Exactly, and, you know, we say it all the time is uh, – Things happen, but gosh darn it, um, you just you don't know really how to take it anymore, right? It's just like accidents happen and and uh, different things, but gosh, it just they, they're never easy to take as a uh, a fan or uh, somebody that maybe knew him or f- certainly the family and all the people that he touched, uh, the way he played the game and uh, his movement. Um, and I saw somebody tweet out today that said he really had the trifecta. He was a uh, Boston uh, or Massachusetts uh, native, got to go to Boston College, won a national championship, NCAA national championship, and then got to play for the Bruins. Does it get any better than that if you're from Boston? Uh, Did I lose you, Rob? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, but it, you know, it's whether you it's BU or BC, it, one of those two, and then on to the uh, Bruins. You know, it's a, it's just a dream if you're a Boston kid growing up that you get to play for one of the local colleges, then go play for the Bruins. You know, and the family was a big hockey family. The dad, Kevin Senior, uh, the brother Kevin played for the Rangers. Now with the Flyers, I mean, it, just just as a brother, got to be devastating as as a uh, you know, kid losing a dad like that so young. It's just devastating all around. Well, certainly our prayers and thoughts are with uh, everybody that he touched in his 31 years here on this planet. And uh, again, no easy way to transition out of it. I just thought we should mention that right off the get-go to know that uh, um, we acknowledge it. Uh, we send condolences and prayers that way. So, Okay, I don't know how we move on to it, but uh, last week we had Shang Peng, and he was talking about uh, the development camp uh, for the Sharks. You watched yes. uh, that game. I did. Um, and then tonight, uh, or today, they announced the uh, development roster for the uh, Ontario Reign, Got and that. we're going to have uh, Josh on here shortly, and we can dig into that uh, a little bit too. But um, first of all, give me your comments on what you saw uh, up from the uh, the Sharks development camp. Uh the white team, I don't, you know, going in, I don't know if, how balanced they expected it to be, but, it, I mean, the white team was all over them. The one guy that I asked Shang about, remember if, if last week I asked about that kid, Daniel Gushin? He he was the one that really shined. I mean, he yeah. was just all... I saw that highlight reel goal. Oh, did you see that goal? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, that, that was sick. That was absolutely sick. I was watching it live, and I was like, he didn't just do that. And it's just like to have the the wherewithal that close to the net to be able to put it between your legs back to your stick. Uh, you know, usually usually they're putting the stick between their leg and flipping it. He put it right. Back. <laughs> you know, yeah, just, that that was a great move, and and he did it at at top speed. I mean, just flying down the ice. So, um, 
I, I, you know, this is a great time of year. We love it. Um, unfortunately, we had some bad news, if you will. Uh, and, of course, it had to come out of the uh, state of Arizona with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, the announcement was made last week that uh, the city of Glendale, who uh, owns the building that they play in, has uh, decided that they're done. They're not going to uh, renew the lease under any circumstances, and the Coyotes uh, don't have a place to play after this season. Well, everything has is, is just been uh, up in the air since that announcement came. Um, people don't know what's going on. They don't know what's – and everybody's been relatively quiet except the, the Coyotes made a statement shortly afterwards and said they intend to exhaust all their options and uh, want to keep the team in Arizona. Uh, the problem is they're um, – there are no options in Arizona, really. Yeah. Um, there's one, which is the uh, the old Veterans Memorial Coliseum on the uh, fairgrounds um, property. But I've been told that's several million dollars in renovations, and it has to get approved by the county. And the county may not want to uh, approve doing all these upgrades and then have the team leave to a new building somewhere in a few years. So and then not have a hockey team there. So there, there's a whole bunch of things going on. I'll give you the latest. Our own Seth Askelson was supposed to be at the uh, um, ceremonial ice making process today. And he texted me late last night. He got an email late last night that said that the Coyotes had um, canceled that and uh, would do it at a later date. So I don't know what that means, Rob. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, as, I'm as dumbfounded about this all as I'm sure everybody is. Yeah, it's just one thing after another with that franchise, and it's just sad because hockey is so big in Arizona right now that if you had a stable NHL franchise to go along with ASU doing well on the NCAA side, I mean, it can really take really take off. Yeah, you think so, right? And and you got to wonder if the Coyotes are forced to leave and go somewhere else. A, where do they go? I'm saying Houston. Uh, I've also heard that Kansas City is a possibility. They are in the Central Division now uh, for this season. So uh, Houston, Kansas City, St. Louis, Minnesota, uh, Winnipeg, just go straight up a line. Uh, that's pretty convenient. Um, but, again, there's so many so many uh, hoops to jump through, and one year is not a lot of time to, uh, to, to pack up and move a team if you're going to do that, or in this case to even try and, try and find usable facilities uh, in Arizona. Plus, it was just announced also last week that the uh, Coyotes are going to hold the uh, rookie face-off event. And um, <laughs> that kind of throws that into a little helter-skelter too, doesn't it? You would think with, with the uh, arena thing going on, and, and why, would you why, would, why would you pick that place to have it? You know, you have other teams. You have Colorado. You have San Jose. You have uh, – who else is going to be there? The Kings are going to be there. You have other Kings places where you could have held it. Docs, why why have it at an arena that's just told the franchise they don't want them? <laughs> well, apparently this was done quite a, a couple of years in advance because they were supposed to have it there last year, and I think they were just given it again this year because it didn't happen last year. But, um, you know, I mean, and the other thing is, why would you not have everything at that arena if that's where you're going to do it? Why have teams play in other places? There's nothing going on in Gila River Arena uh, during the day, so you might as well just schedule three games and play them right through. Is my thought, but what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's not. Then you don't have to travel back and forth to watch two teams. You know, exactly. If you're playing at two different locations, you know, on two different days. And, and let me guess, uh, or let let you guess, uh, why the uh, arena is such a problem? It's because it's on the other side of town from Scottsdale. And that's where the Scottsdale ice den is, where they would be playing some of the games or will be playing some of the games. It's still on as far as I know. So um, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. And we, all we can do is sit back and, and wait and see what happens. Um, but I, I feel most uh, heartbroken for the diehard Coyotes fans that have been with this team for 25 years. And now you're back in it again. They thought the new ownership group was going to be different. Um, I see both sides, Rob. Uh, the city of Glendale wants an 18 to 20 year uh, contract. They want to know that they have a team locked in for that long. The Coyotes uh, don't realize or don't want to be there. So they're saying that what they're going to do is they're going to be there for just uh, three to five years. Well, that doesn't mesh in the business world. 
So I, I can see both sides. You could definitely see both sides, and that's where you really see the business side of it is uh, is in this dispute between the two, the franchise and, and the arenas. Uh, but it's it's a shame because you're right. There are some good diehard fans in Arizona that wants to see that team succeed. I know that there's a lot of uh, people that I talk to that are have kids that are in the Junior Coyotes program that want to see that team succeed and that live and die by every game. And it's just it's just a uh, it's just a shame that uh, it's go, it may go away. Absolutely. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick two minute break and let's come back and uh, bring on our special guest, Josh Schaefer, the new voice of the Ontario Reign in two minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarbaut in beautiful Southern California. And, Rob, it's our pleasure to bring on uh, an ASU alum and the new voice of the Ontario Reign, Josh Schaefer. Josh, Scott, and Rob with you. How are you tonight? Welcome. I'm good, guys. Thanks so much for inviting me back. Yeah, hear the hear that voice. See right there, that's the new voice of the Ontario Reign. I love it. <laughs> Josh, congratulations on the job first of all. And uh, Rob and I were talking before you came on, and we said ASU's or your graduation at ASU was uh, the Sun Devil hockey team's loss, but obviously the Ontario Reign got a good one. Thank you guys. Yeah, I, I heard a little bit of that, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it was great to I love my time at ASU, and you know I made some great memories and I made some great friends. I was uh, t- I was texting with uh, Coach Greg Powers the other day, and uh, he was a great resource for me when I was there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean I just have such great memories from from my time at ASU, and obviously I don't think I'd uh, I would have had the opportunity to. Uh, join the the king's organization if it weren't for that opportunity out at asu well we we welcome you and uh, i look forward to uh running across you is uh when i'm at the toyota center uh for a rain practice uh so let's let's jump in and talk about the uh the development camp roster one thing that jumped out to me is there's a lot of camp invites and not a lot of their upper you know echelon uh first round picks 
Yeah, there's a few guys that uh, that are unavailable for the camp. Uh, for example, Arthur Kaliev, I, I believe he has a personal issue, so uh, he's not going to be there. Brock Faber uh, uh, from Minnesota apparently recently took a puck off his hand um, in some sort of practice, uh, so he's missing camp. I've been told that it has nothing to do with any potential injury. I believe he has school commitments at the University of Minnesota. Um, so there, there are a few decent guys that kind of jump out, um, for, uh, for not being on the roster. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of invites, some guys, um, some guys that kind of stand out to me, obviously, as you guys know, you guys know my background. So I'm a big fan of, uh, seeing the NCAA invites on the list. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a couple guys that I'm, you know, looking out for. I'll be out there, uh, Friday morning. Um, I'm excited to see this uh, this scrimmage period that they're going to have. It starts at like 9 a.m., so I'll be out there for that, and I'm uh, looking forward to continuing to follow along with development camp this week and then watching the scrimmage on Friday. Josh, I'm going to fill in our, our listeners. You're a Southern California native, so it's kind of coming back home for you um, to get your start uh, really with the Ontario rain, but um, – Talk a little bit about this last year, what it's been like for you. You graduated from ASU. It's a pandemic. The hockey games aren't going on. Uh, How did you get through it personally? Well, I'll tell you this, Scott. I did not expect to graduate during a pandemic and then live (laughs) at at home for the next 15 months. Um, But, you know, you make the most of it and everything happened. So, funny enough, we, uh, you know, my, my roommates and I, and there was a group of us, uh, that all covered ASU athletics. We were in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament when everything went down. Um, and we woke up. We, we were there for the first first day of games. ASU did not play on the first day. They had a first-round bye in the Pac-12 men's basketball tourney. And when we get to go, when ASU is participating in it, uh, we get to do all the games. So we're there to do every single game. We planned on broadcasting, what was it, nine or 11 games or whatever right. it was. A- ASU wasn't even playing until the next day. I had two of my roommates and another friend who were not going to be there until the second day because a- they didn't need to be there the first day. So we went down, we did four games the first day, and we're waking up the next morning all excited. But again, one tournament gets canceled. Another ne- uh, conference tournament gets canceled. So we're a little bit worried, and we wake up in the morning at, 7 a.m. or whatever it was with the press release and our emails from the Pac-12 conference saying that everything had been halted. So we figured, you know what? We're in Vegas. Let's hang out. The other people who were on the way to Vegas in the car that got the press release decided we're still going to come. You know, we'll hang out. You know, we spent the money to be at the hotel and to do these things. We might as well hang out. So we did that. And that was our introduction to the pandemic. And then it was, you know, sitting at home in our apartment trying to figure out stuff to do. And what was nice was we had a bunch of friends in our building in Tempe. Um, so we kind of had our own group of, you know, two or three apartments that we would kind of, you know, hang out with during quarantine. So that was really nice. We were very fortunate about that. Went back home and had the summer at home and, you know, it's boring. There's not much going on. The fall comes around, you're applying for jobs. There's not much going on. College football season comes around and, you know, it's a weird college football season. So even like you you get these little things of like normalcy, <laughs> like college right. football's back and then ASU only plays four games. And, you know, I'm from out here. We're watching, we're, we're, uh, I'm from a USC household and, you know, USC doesn't go to a bowl game. They opt out. So it's like you get these little like senses of normalcy. And like you said, I'm an LA guy. So, you know, the Lakers and the Dodgers were amazing last fall. So that, you know, felt good. But you know, other than that, it's like, what are, what are we doing on a daily basis? So I'd go in and help out of my mom's office and do some filing for him. And then when the spring came around, I sent an email. I happened to see a random tweet about the Ontario rain broadcaster cam close. He was moving on. He got a new job. So I texted Alex Faust. He's the TV broadcaster for the Kings. And, um, I've got to know Alex a little bit. We'd meet up whenever the Kings would come out to Arizona and we'd get lunch or I'd go to the game with him or whatever. And I sent him a text and I said, do you have any idea what the rain are doing? And he said, you know, as much as I do. And by the end of the day, I had an email from the Ontario rain. Um, so that's kind of when things started to pick up. I was in a weird, like, kind of dead period with the rain for probably two, three weeks. The season started. Um, and then they asked me to do three games for them. And after my first game, they extended my schedule and gave me three more games. And I was doing some games down at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo in the spring, hoping that would turn into a full-time gig. And lucky for me, it did. Well, I, I have to ask, being that you're an L.A. kid, 
from a USC household, two questions. How did you end up at ASU? And how did you get so much how did you get so involved in hockey? Uh, both very good questions. Both questions that I have been asked in the last couple of days in the rain offices. Um, I'll start with ASU. Um, growing up, big college football fan, big college sports fan, and you know, as an S, uh, my my dad's got season tickets for USC football, so you know, we're around all the time. We're going to all the games, and uh, so I, you know, was aware of ASU for a long time. And then in high school, when I started doing, um, I I, I kind of like kickstarted the live streaming program at my high school and got a couple friends involved, and we're doing games. And I knew very quickly, like I I started this little live stream program with the intent on going to school for that and having that as my career, you know? Um, so I knew I wanted to do sports broadcasting and USC's Annenberg school is a phenomenal journalism school, one of the best in the country. And then when it came time for me to like really start looking for colleges, like I was aware of ASU. Um, I had followed ASU sports, not super closely, but you know, from a PAC 12 standpoint, my whole life, ASU announces they've got this hockey program. And I'm like, that's really cool. Um, cause that was right around when I was looking at colleges, my junior year of high school that they announced they were going D one. And, uh, you know, when I started doing my research, you know, I realized when it comes to sports broadcasting, I mean, it's ASU and Syracuse and everybody else is just trying to catch up and it's been that uh, way for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, Al Michaels, an ASU guy, Matt Berry from ESPN is an ASU guy. And I knew all these things and I realized, you know, I don't want to be home, but I want to go to a place where I'm going to, you know, I, I hope I'll get my butt kicked. You know, I hope there's going to be competition. Um, but I want to go to a place where I can do, um, college football, D one college football, D one baseball, D one basketball. I want to go to a place where I can get all these opportunities, whether it's TV or radio or print journalism, whatever. And then the fact that ASU had a D one hockey team, I was like, this cannot get any better. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So went to ASU and I mean, there are times, you know, when it's like, I'll go back to USC and, um, I, I had a friend in town, I don't know, maybe, maybe a three weeks ago. And we went down to the science center uh, the Science Center and the Natural History Museum, right, right between in Exposition Park between the Coliseum and USC. And I figured, hey, let's. I mean, we're down here. There's nobody around. Might as well walk around campus. So we're walking around. And she's going, "Oh my gosh, like this campus is so nice." And I'm like, "Yeah." And you know, I, I think about that sometimes. But I'm like, I would not change anything. I mean, not for a second <laughs> have I ever considered like, "Oh, I, you know, I wish I still went to USC growing up here and like wanting to go here my whole life." Not in a million years would I would I want to go back and do that. That's no disrespect. It's just, you know, I, I would not have gotten um, that ex- the experiences that I got at ASU anywhere else. And some of my best friends and colleagues all went to Syracuse, which is another phenomenal sports journalism school. And their experiences might have been, you know, similar, but none of them are doing Division One college hockey in the desert right. or walking out <laughs> of the rain. And like Greg Powers' favorite pitch, you want to go to a school where you're walking out in a parka in December or do you want to – leave morning skate on a Friday in December and flip flops and shorts, <laughs> you know, Summer so. flip flops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Right. So, so let's, let's keep on that path for a minute. I promise we're going to get to the rain in a minute, but um, <laughs> there's so many listeners uh, that we have that, that follow Arizona state. I mean, obviously that's where I'm at. And uh, of course, Paul Hornstein, my co-host on Sunday and Tuesday nights and uh, Rob an ASU alum. So, um, Let's go right back to that. You remember the first year that you were, uh, and I know you do, uh, you're broadcasting uh, from Oceanside, your very mm-hmm. first game there. Give us some memories of that. Oh, man. Um, where, where do we start? So my freshman year, before I was doing all the games for the Pac-12 Network streams, I remember going into my first, not just my first ASU hockey game, my first game, my first hockey game, was broadcast you know i grew up here i was a kings fan growing up but my first hockey broadcast was division one arizona state which was kind of unique to say but they were playing southern new hampshire so that was (laughs) interesting you know and and they win and that's that was really cool all i wanted was a good game and some goals to call and i uh i was at the game the night before and this is this is where i would recommend any you know, aspiring broadcaster or whoever, a student, just get involved, send some emails, try to meet people, try to talk to people, seek out opportunities because the worst somebody can tell you is no. And getting a no is not the worst thing in the world. Right. And I had reached out to, um, Mitch Terrell, the ASU, uh, 
hockey SID who who's since uh, moved on. He's not with ASU anymore. Uh, this is his first year not with ASU this upcoming year. But I reached out to Mitch, and uh, Mitch and I hit it off when I was a freshman. I kind of just said, hey, can I get a credential to uh, to come out to the game the night before I did? I was doing the Saturday game. And he was like, yeah, you know, space is tight, but if you're cool standing and not sitting down watching the game, whatever, it's fine. So we did that, and I went and listened to the stu- the two student radio broadcasters who were doing that the game the night before on Friday. I did the Saturday game. This is what's this is what I remember about this night. I did the game with my freshman year roommate, who is still one of my closest friends. His name is Brady Klein. He currently works for IndyCar. Brady knew absolutely nothing about hockey at all. <laughs> knew nothing about hockey. His knowledge of hockey stems from living with me freshman year. But we used to play the EA Sports NHL video games every night. And I would run up the score on him every night because he didn't know what he was doing, right? <laughs> but he would, like, write down phrases that the automated – it was Doc Emmerich and, and, uh, and uh, Eddie Olchek. And he would write down their automated phrases <laughs> in the game. It. And he made a list of things that he was going to throw out and say on the broadcast. And <laughs> credit to him, a lot of them made sense. Um, he had, like, a couple of, like, Happy Gilmore references in there too, which is so <laughs> funny because – Four years later, when we were in Vegas, we made a list of phrases that we wanted to say when he did a basketball broadcast with us. The last broadcast, not just not just of the Pac-12 tournament, we like to claim that we did the last broadcast in the country, right? Because the Pac-12, yeah, I think we, you did. <laughs> we did the ten. We did the 10 p.m. game at the Pac-12 tournament the night everything shut down. Remember, the East Coast, all those games were already done. We did Washington, or we did uh, uh, Washington State, Colorado. And we kind of had a, you know what, like, let's put on a good show, but like, let's have fun with it too. So we made a list of 100 words or phrases that we had to sneak into the broadcast. <laughs> and Brady, Brady, of course, came up with half of the words we needed to say. We knocked out like 70 by halftime. We're like, this is just too easy. <laughs> but I remember that game and we, we had fun that, uh, doing that. And then my next game, like shortly after was uh, UMass Lowell when UMass Lowell was really good. So that was fun. And uh, that was my first, uh, my first year doing games at ASU. And I remember like little bits and pieces of them. And uh, that was the first real game I called. I reached out to people at the radio station and kind of said for the games at Gila river, what are the chances I can like host the intermission shows? I don't know how many people are going to listen. I don't know. There were a few games that they didn't even even have on the air, but they had people go and like record tapes and stuff. And I said, let me host your intermissions. Just send it to me. Like, give me my bit. And uh, I'll post it. I'll put it to my reel, whatever. And like, I had not really done anything like that before. Um, and I had reached out to Mitch, and I was like, Mitch, can I do this? Can I get a credential? And it's at the Coyotes building. There's you have there's there's more space than you need. And he was like, Heck yeah! So I get credentials. And then as the years went on, even before I got the like the the gig to do all the home games for the, on the Pac-12 streams, Mitch was getting me credentials for the Gila River games because he knew that I was into it and he knew that I would take it seriously. And like. I, I stress it all the time. Just like reach out to people, try to find opportunities. And the worst somebody can tell you is no. And you know, if you're persistent and you're smart and you're respectful, probably going to say yes, you know, if the resources are available and that's what Mitch did to me. And, um, and again, I mean, he, he didn't have a, like, he was not a broadcast coach, you know, he wasn't my producer or anything like that, but Mitch, who was ASU hockey's SID. I like to think that he had, he played a big part in me getting better as a hockey broadcaster. Cause he gave me those opportunities. Well, I mean, hold on one second, Rob, if I can throw one more in there, because uh, I also mentioned before the show, I said, uh, you stood out to me the first time I saw you, Josh, because you were very professional from day one. And you don't see that a lot with students. And, and we heard a lot of broadcasts this last year. And I don't want to, you know, take anything away from other schools, but we, we listened to Big Ten games. Um, and they were frustrating at times. And I was going like, and, and I know my co-host Paul Hornstein at the time was saying the same thing. He's like, man, if we could just have Josh doing these games because <laughs> it was so frustrating. So where did that come from? Where did that professionalism come from? Um, I don't know. It could have come from a few places. I mean, it's simply – Vince Scully it, by chance? Yeah, I think I, – I obviously, I grew up listening to Bob Miller and Vince Scully and those um, familiar with the L.A. sports scene. Pete Arbogast is the USC football and – um, I'm a little young for, for Chick Hearn, but you know, I grew up listening to the Lakers too. And, um, I just think that there's so much professionalism out here. And, um, and, uh, and that's aside from just the talent of the broadcasters that are in this city. 
Um, but you know, when I was in high school, um, I worked with the football team. I didn't play, but I was very, very close to the coaching staff. And eventually my sophomore junior of high school. And I said, Hey, we're going to start doing these games. I want to do it. Uh, they were very, you know, receptive to that idea. And that was something that was like, all right, I've got the in with the football team. I know all the guys. I know all the guys on both varsity and JV. I know all the coaches cause I'm in the football office all the time. And it was like, that was my in. But at the same time, you know, when I'm walking around campus, like I'm going to be friends with these guys. And, you know, I've got my friends on the football team. Like I know the coaches very well, but, and they're, they're like road games, we didn't do all the road games. So I'd be on the sideline. I'd work with the team. I'd help call plays on the sidelines, things like that. Like that was a, you know, I can be buddy, buddy with these guys around campus and I, we can be friends, but you know, I got to be professional when I'm working with the coaches on the field. And then that related to being on the air with the team. And I think a lot of that was, okay, how do we not be super critical of a 15 year old JV quarterback? Right. That's one thing where it's like, how can, how can, how can you be critical of a 15 year old kid, you know? And then that kind of translates to, you know, just getting more opportunities and then, and then going to college and being professional. But, um, I don't know. I just think it's very important to talk to people and get to know people and keep those relationships professional to, you know, a, a you know, a large extent, but you know, you gotta, um, I just think relationships are very important. And I think that's one thing that I really took away from my time at ASU was, I don't know what the broadcasters relationships with Tracy Smith at baseball had been like before, but when I stepped in to do AS, ASU baseball, I actually got that opportunity before I got hockey. I stepped in and said, I want to talk to a coach before every game. I want to build a relationship because like what better way to get to know the people I'm covering than by talking to them. And Tracy Smith and Ben Greenspan, the associate head coach, talked to him before every game. And then when I got the hockey gig, Greg Powers was more than willing to talk to not just me, but to any student media. And the big, the big thing about that was Greg was a Cronkite guy. Like he graduated from Cronkite who knew what it was like to cover these teams and stuff. So Greg Powers, I always thought was very receptive to the student media. And I think that was really cool is, you know, if I try to show him respect, uh, he's going to show it back. And that's a big thing is like, you, you know, it's super cliche. Like, and I hate cliches, but you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated and coaches and players, regardless of what level you're covering or what level they're playing at, they're just real people and they're going to, they, they have the same ideas you do. Like if you respect them, they're going to respect you back. So I just think that's super important. And, you know, I picked up through the years, you just got to talk to people, you know, sometimes, sometimes in an interview, you're not going to get everything from an interview and you're definitely not going to get anything from a stats page. So if you go down and talk to people and show them respect, they're going to show that respect back and you're going to know everything you need to. It's, it sounds, it sounds like you've had many conversations with our colleague, Paul Hornstein, honestly, because I broke into ASU in 89 uh, with the radio station. And from that from that point on, it was all about professionalism, mm -hmm. uh, even back then. So it was it's kind of interesting that you talk about the professionalism of Cronkite and, and whatnot. And it's it was there when it was KSR in, in 1989, 88, when I was there in 1990, uh, when Paul was the, the sports director, I believe. Uh, but we used to go to uh, club hockey games and with the microphone, we uh, – we would just do broadcast into the game, the two of us. So, you know, and, and talk to the players and get some insight and whatnot. But it, it's all about relationships. You, you said it the best. It's all about relationships. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's another point is, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, ASU and the radio program, the journalism school, whatever. There are, there are classes that help you learn these things, too. I mean, you know, I, I took a sports journalism ethics class, um, and, and that was like a huge help. And, there's also a fine line of, you know, getting to know players and coaches or whoever and, you know, having relationships with them and being friends and being friendly with them, but then also being professional when you need to be, too. Um, and, you know, I, I spent two years working in the Cape Cod Baseball League. I worked for the Chatham A's, which, you know, right up there with some of my ASU opportunities, like Chatham was the most professional experience I ever had. And it was a full summer where I can dedicate myself to my craft, to the team that I'm covering, to getting better every single day. And that was great. You know, we saw the players every day. We work with them every day for them. Like past broadcasters had lived with players. And I remember one time we had a league intern meeting and the commissioner of the league came up and he was like, do not talk to players. Like you're not friends with players. Like you should not have conversations with players that are not permitted. And I'm like, yeah, but if you, uh, like the, the, the journalism interns, the broadcast interns, even the social media interns, like how do you expect to cover these guys if you're not going to talk to them? 
And, you know, there's got to be that level of respect between you and them, but you got to talk to people. And I think that that's just so important on, you know, growing as a broadcaster. And that was a huge thing for me was ASU hockey was that first program that I, that I covered at ASU where we had more access to players. Now I wasn't hanging out with players outside the rink or anything like that, (laughs) but I mean, you walk in and say, I want to talk to this player. Boom. They're in front of you in five minutes, having a conversation with you. I had multiple conversations sitting on the bench with Joey Decord and it's like, that was the first time at ASU I'd ever had that opportunity to talk with a player that I was covering that like I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to have a conversation with him about the game. And and Coach Powers um, before games would come down out of his office or invite us into his office to talk. And it's like, you need that. I need to do that to, to, to feel comfortable going on the air, to feel like I know what I'm talking about. And it's like, a, it's, you know, retaining information, but it's also, you know, showing respect back and forth. And, you know, if you show it, it's going to be reciprocated. And that's, that's, I think that's really cool because, you know, they're professional athletes, you know, the guys that I'm covering now, exact, for example, like I've been in the office for 10 days. I have not been out to development camp or anything yet because I've got, you know, stuff going on in Ontario at the moment. But when you get there, these guys are the same people you are. They just look taller than you on skates and probably make more money than you. Like, you know, I love it. Uh, right? so, so that's where I was going to transition you into the uh, the rain part of this. Uh, since we expanded and we're now covering the entire Pacific Division of the AHL this year, and uh, you'll see Rob here and there, you'll see me, and awesome, uh, you'll see Stephen, uh, our guy up in Vegas, a little bit. So we we're, we're trying to bring it all together because I don't think the AHL gets enough media coverage i mean uh, each local team has their coverage but nobody really covers the whole uh, pacific division so hopefully we're going to be able to come up with some good features and things like that but yeah. tell us a little bit about the rain what you know about them from last year i know you haven't seen much this year but um hockey players are a different breed they're they're approachable yeah yeah they are i remember back in like 2011 2012 when the kings you know were starting to put it together and it seemed like, oh, you know, in a year or two, who knows what the Kings could get, uh, what, the, what they could be. You know, the prospects were coming up. They made some trades for you know, Jeff Carter and they got in Mike Richards and you had all these guys back in 2012 or whatever. My point, I remember seeing an interview and I want to say it was with Drew Doughty. And he said, it's funny because like you can go out in public and people aren't going to approach you like you're Kobe Bryant. Right. And then suddenly a year later, that's what they were doing because the Kings just won the Stanley Cup, and now everybody knows who Drew Doughty is, right? But I just think that's so funny is because, yeah, maybe it's not, you know, the, the most popular. Like, it's not, uh, it's not, you know, ahead of the NFL, for example, right? But um, these guys, they just seem a lot more approachable, and they were like that at ASU for me. Um, and uh, I just think that's really cool. You know, I mean, you also got baseball teams that you get 22 guys in the dugout alone, right? Not including the bullpen. And then you've got hockey and everybody's sitting on the same bench and smaller than football, bigger than basketball. But I don't know. You know, I just they just seem very approachable. Um, and I was talking to somebody else the other day. Like I said, my buddy Brady works for IndyCar. And at IndyCar, guys, can just you can walk up and talk to all the drivers before a race. And it's like, that's crazy. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the three – Three of the four major sports in this country, excluding hockey, it seems like people aren't as approachable. But you definitely get that in hockey. And um, the Rain have a lot of young guys too, which is why I like the position that I'm in because I'm the same age or older than a lot of these guys. And I just I just turned 23. So <laughs> rub it in. I think oh, you old man. <laughs> you old man. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I'm 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 excited about the Rain. Last year, I thought they were going to be better than they were because they started so slow. And then I want to say around March. My, my first game, I believe, was their second win of the season. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure they were 1-12-2 when I did my first game. They were not winning games. And they won the first game that I did. And then they won four straight and then lost and then won like four straight again and then lost. And then suddenly they're like they're stringing wins together. And they ended the season with like seven wins out of eight or nine or something like that. And they were really piecing it together by the end. And it was kind of a slow start for guys like Alex Turcott and Akil Thomas and Quentin Byfield, of course. These guys had slow starts, and suddenly by the end of the year, Rainer scoring six goals a game in some of these last few games. So, um, And now you're going to get these guys with a full season under their belts. I mean, players like Quentin Byfield weren't supposed to be playing pro hockey last year. He was either going to be with the Kings or he's going to be in the OHL. And 
odds are I think it probably he probably would have ended up in the OHL. I can't say that. I can't be certain about that. But, you know, a lot of people thought maybe he's not ready for the NHL, which is why he only played in three or four games last year with the Kings. But they kept him in Ontario, which is an opportunity that he wouldn't have had given the weird CHL agreement with between the CHL and the NHL. But the OHL didn't play a season last year. So he played a full pro season when he was not supposed to. <laughs> and he was really good at the end of the year and then made his NHL debut. And he's probably going to start with the rain this year. And you've still got guys like Turcotte, who, according to a bunch of reports at a development camp today, they're saying it was one day, but man, Alex Turcotte was awesome today. And then they, they signed Martin Chromiak out of Europe. He only played a few games with the rain last year, and he's out at development camp today. And they're saying he's the fastest guy on the ice. He's faster than everybody, and he's going to be with the rain this year. Um, and that's just to, to name a few guys. I, you know, the, it, They're a very young team. Last year, they're the youngest team in the AHL, which is why they had that, that start that was so, so slow. Because you've got these young 19, 20-year-old guys going up against adult men every single night who have been playing pro for a while. Um, and I don't remember my exact note, but it was something like, Five of the other teams in the Pacific Division last year were among like the 15 oldest teams in the league, and Ontario was last. They were the youngest team in the league last year. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I mean, they've only got a few guys on their active roster right now because, you know, there's obviously a lot up in the air going into the season. But I've got it pulled up right now. The average age is 24 years old, and there are teams in the league that are older than that. So, and they've got a lot of the veterans on this early roster right now. So, I would say Bakersfield's probably one of the older ones. They are. Yeah, they were one of the older ones last year. Um, and, I mean, that's something that seems like you could San Diego see. Diego goals seem like they yeah. were also. The goals The goals were interesting because, obviously, they've got that they, – they're, they're kind of – the Ducks were in the middle of, you know, it's that quote-unquote rebuild, right? Um, and I thought that the, the Kings and the Ducks were at two very different stages of the rebuild, um, the quote-unquote rebuild or whatever. But um, – yeah, the, the goals were like a weird mix of like AHL veterans, but young prospects too. And right. it also didn't help their average age when Trevor Zegras and Jamie Drysdale get called <laughs> I up. I going to say that. And, right. and Drysdale looked, looked pretty good with Anaheim. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Reign were young. They still are young, but, you know, I, I like what they've been doing. And they also just went out and got TJ Tynan to a deal with the Kings, and he's going to be in Ontario this year, and he's the reigning uh, – no pun intended, um, and, uh, <laughs> AHL MVP. And like, that's a good mix. He's a 29 year old. He's an, he's an American hockey league vet. And you're going to pair the, the AHL MVP from a year ago with the deepest farm system in, in the NHL. It seems like a good pairing to me. Yeah. I was, when I was looking at the, uh, the camp roster, two names jumped out at me and, and not, not because of celebrity status that they're going to be achieving, but just because I used to officiate them, and I know uh, Rod Blake for years from being, mm-hmm. working at the Toyota Center. So to see Jack Blake on the camp roster and then Quinn Emerson, uh, Nelson Emerson's kid, how, how do they look at the, at the camp? It's, it's going to be interesting to see because um, they are names that, that jump out of you, that jump out at you. And again, I, I, it's just odd, first and foremost, before you even look at the name Jack Blake to see – you know, his height, weight, and then Los Angeles, California yeah. as his place of birth. So that's kind of <laughs> cool. And not, not too many uh, California guys on here, but Quinn Emerson obviously is one too. Um, it's interesting. I saw somebody kind of talk about it the other day. I can't speak to it too much, to be completely honest with you. I, I don't know enough about uh, the two of them yet. But um, somebody said, you know, I mean, it's going to be an opportunity to at least get in front of some people in the organization, other than obviously – um, uh, Nelson Emerson and, uh, and Rob Blake, uh, two pretty important people in, um, in hockey, but to get in front of, you know, development coaches, to get in front of media potentially, uh, and, and play with some top prospects, um, it's probably going to be really good for them. Um, so I think that's an opportunity for them to get out there in front of some people, work out, um, in front of the guys. And, you know, again, like you get to see, you see it all the time where somebody gets invited to a development camp and a couple years later, they're suddenly on the team's draft board. Um, I got, so, I got a good example for you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So this one, um, you're, you're calling games this year, let's say, and um, the San Jose Barracuda come to town and you got to call uh, a couple of crazy names that you are familiar with. They're mm-hmm. passionate. 
How are yep. you going to do it? <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I, I mentioned the cape earlier. And if you guys are familiar with <laughs> yeah. Spencer Torkelson. Yeah. Um, yes. So Spencer Torkelson, first overall pick last year to the Tigers, was a Chatham A. So he was in Chatham with me. So, you know, I talked to Torque every day. And a friend of mine from ASU who called ASU baseball games all the time with me was a broadcaster for another team in the league. And he said, man, if Torque goes yard <laughs> against us, I am calling it like we just hit a walk-off home run. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. But um, I was I was obviously very excited to do rain games last year. And um, I did get my schedule. And there was that brief moment of like, ah, oh, man, I'm not doing any San Jose games. Um, and when they came down to El Segundo, I wasn't scheduled to do the game, and I had reached out to um, uh, her name's Annie. She works in our office, and she was kind of taking charge of you know setting up the scouts and all that um, at the games because obviously there were COVID protocols, and um, you had to scan to get in, ID, you know, go through security and all that because of all the COVID protocols in the spring. So you know, I couldn't just walk in and be like, "Hey, I called six games this year. Let me in." Um, <laughs> so I kind of said like, "Hey, you know, I'd love to get out there watch this game." Um, and I have two more games coming up. I'd just like to sit down, take some notes, do some work, watch the game. She's like, yeah, we'll make it happen. Um, so I was supposed to go to the game. Long story short, I could not end up making it. And I believe it was that game when he scored his first AHL goal. I was so upset with myself for not going. <laughs> but Brinson scored that game. I believe it was either his first point or his first goal. And I was a little bit upset with myself. I was like, man, I should have I made this work out. Um, and I couldn't make it. But you know, watched his debut last year, and then obviously Steen was with uh, was with San Jose too. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to take an opportunity to see them again this year, um, and and watch them play. Obviously, Steen was a was a big time impact player, um, and at a lot of times he was an unsung hero for for ASU. And then Brinson, obviously, was a team captain, um, and he what he you know embodied what it meant to be a Sun Devil. Um, so those are two guys that made a big impact in Arizona and I loved calling their games and they were two guys that were great with the media, every, every media availability. They were fantastic as, as I'm sure, you know, Scott and, uh, Absolutely. and yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to get the chance to see him again. That was something I thought about a couple weeks ago, like, Oh man, I'm doing all the, I'm doing all the home games now. That means, uh, that no, means I'm I get to see San Jose. Now that I brought it up, I don't want to burst your bubble on this, but I predict that both those boys are going to be wearing a different kind of San Jose jersey this season because I thought Steen is the most improved player on that roster at the end of the year. Yeah, and that's how he was at ASU too. So Absolutely. I mean, um, and, and Brinson, um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, he, he had that – he had a few tough moments last year in the debut where he got go. on the score sheet in his first game, but it was a penalty. Um, right. And I don't, I don't remember I, – I, I, I want to say they ended up winning that game, but I don't remember. And I mean, look at me, you know, doing rain games, grew up a Kings fan. And I'm like, I got to watch like the Sharks Ducks game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I would not be shocked to see either of them spend a lot of time up there. Obviously, you know, I wish them the best, but man, would I love to, uh, would I love to call another game with those two guys in it? Cause they were a lot of fun for four years. Well, I'm, I'm sure that calling some games for the rain with with Turcotte and Byfield will be kind of exciting as well. Yeah, it's it, they were fun last year, and um, it is it was very cool because the Kings obviously they've got such a deep farm system, and yeah. what is it four prospects in the top thirty uh, according to the Athletics? So I mean that's that's crazy. The fact that the rain can have four first round draft picks in their starting line or in uh, in the lineup this year at all, and that's you know passing over the fact that you're going to have X amount of second rounders in the lineup right, too. Right. The fact that you can have four first rounders in the lineup potentially um, is, is absurd. And the Kings, they would like post videos last year. You know, here's a prospect update and post it on YouTube and it's Alex Turcotte and they're using highlights from, yeah, Nick Nixon called some games and Francisco Rivera called some games. And then there's my voice doing a Turcotte <laughs> highlight or a Byfield highlight. I'm like, ah, hey, yeah, I mean, like, this is kind of cool, isn't it? Like, the Kings are posting this. So, okay, I got, can I sneak in one more, Rob, before, okay. uh, before you get your last one? Okay, um, okay so, Josh, uh, I'm going to take you back to college again because uh, I want to know it's a two parter. I want to know your, your best moment calling a game at ASU if you can come up with one. Mm -hmm. And and then I want to know what you would do if you were calling a Michigan game this year 
with uh, seven first-round draft picks on that roster. Oh, man. <laughs> the guy who sits next to me at work is a Michigan grad. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, man, if they don't win at least the Big Ten this year, that's going to be uh, a dramatic letdown. I, in fact, I think, uh, I think a national title would be a uh, – uh, would be a letdown if they didn't win that. But I was calling a Michigan game. It would feel like you're probably calling a pro game and, you know, maybe go back and if I could go back and listen to me doing a Michigan game in four years, the names that we can pull out from that game could be, uh, could be something. Um, that would be fun. I would love to get up to Michigan. I was supposed to go a few years ago and the trip ended up not working out when ASU went up there, um, but was planning on doing that. Would love to go to a game, even if ASU's not playing. Um, but yeah, I would love to go up to Michigan. That would be a great building to not only just see a game, but, um, but call a game in, um, going back to college. I think you've asked me a similar question before, and I think my I answer have. may have changed. Um, there were a lot of great moments, um, calling games, you know, football was great. Basketball was great. I called some great games, especially my senior year. I called some very wild games, um, but in terms of hawk in hockey, um, the the regional was very cool. I think I mentioned that to you last time. Was the you regional did. was yep. awesome? Um, not the result I think any of us were even expecting at that point. Um, but it was a it was a great game, a tough loss, but it was a piece of you know Sun Devil Athletics history that I was very thankful to. Um, not just be at, but like to be a very, very small part of to do that broadcast and do it on the ASU Facebook page. I thought was really cool. Um, that was awesome. I think I mentioned that before, but the following year, not only did ASU then, uh, then welcome, um, Quinnipiac back out to the desert and run them out of the building two nights in a row. <laughs> but then they went through all that stuff with Denver on Twitter and number four team in the country coming in. I saw, I saw one of the live comments in the little chat and I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, Paul. I th yeah, I think Paul's onto something. And I remember him sending me something about that, about that game too. And they had said something about ASU playing in the, a little community rink, this little trashy community <laughs> rink. And uh, I believe it was a Johnny Walker hat trick, right? I and, believe it was. And Johnny, you know, caps off the hat trick, and, and he's right. I said something like, oh, and it's four or five one Sun Devils at the community rink. And I just left <laughs> it at that. And my broadcast partner was Chase Dryberg, who he's a former player. Chase was great. You know, we worked, and he got so much better as we continue to do broadcast. He was so much fun to work with. Former player, worked for the program. And Chase just muted his mic and looked at me. <laughs> and he was like holding back like uh, laughter. And that, that was funny because like I knew what I said, obviously. And I kind of thought like, yeah, I wonder if anybody caught that. And Paul caught it. So <laughs> yeah, Paul. And by the way, Paul's already asked if that could be part of the new building or they could talk about where they came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the community rank. Okay, Rob, finish it up for us. Well, since I'm going to be at some practices and whatnot, who are the guys to look out for? I mean, there's the obvious ones, but who, who are some of the ones that you're keeping your eye on for the rain? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, I mentioned him already. Uh, Martin Chromiak was a guy that came over from, from Europe. Um, he's, he's young. <laughs> he was born in 2002, um, which, I mean, to me seems young. I was born in 98. <laughs> so, well, but, my uh, kids are 2000, so I get you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, he's from, he's from Slovakia. He played a few, he, I think he only played in like two or three games last year with Ontario, had a chance for a game winning goal and just lifted it over the net. Um, which was, which was tough. And I believe the Ryan ended up losing that game and that moment sticks out to me, but he's young. And like I said, the news out of day one of development camp is that he's the fastest dude on the ice. Um, so Martin Chromiak is someone I'd watch for. He's somebody who lit up the OHL. Uh, he was playing with, uh, with Kingston, um, uh, with the uh, front next for a little while. So um, he's a guy that I would watch for. Um, he, he lit up that league. Um, obviously, you said there's the there's the obvious ones. There's uh, the Kaparis and the Byfields. Um, I love watching Alex Turcotte. I think his development last year was really good. Um, obviously, he's an NCAA guy. He's a guy that played against ASU. Um, so so I like watching him in college. Um, and he, he developed a lot last year. His hat trick was 
toward the end of the season was great. That was a game that I was doing. I like him a lot. Um, and I think that even um, at, what, 20 years old, 21 years old, he can potentially step in. I think he's going to be a leader for the younger guys on the team this year, especially after last year. Uh, and then two guys that I don't think get enough attention. Uh, one of them is Tyler Madden. Um, he got hurt last year, and it wasn't talked about a whole lot, but he got hurt about halfway through the season. Um, he came over um, a couple years ago in a trade with Vancouver uh, back in early 2020, right before the pandemic. Uh, so last year he started the season with the rain and then got a little banged up and then missed a good portion of the season. But he's fun. Um, you know, from what I've seen with him, he just seems like a gamer, um, like a guy who plays hard and um, I think he's pretty talented. I like watching him. And then somebody that I definitely think more people should talk about is Aiden Dudas, um, another player um, out of the Ontario Hockey League. And for I, I don't really know how, how else I can say this, but I'll just quote head coach John Robleski. He said last year that Aiden Dudas kind of has to play with that, like, for lack of a better term, an FU mentality. And he does. Right. Um, he's, you know, he's fast. He puts his head down. He works hard. And he was a player that I really enjoyed watching last year. And, you know, he's not the the fancy, you know, Quentin Byfield, Alex Turcott, Rasmus Kapari name that's going to jump out. But he played in some big moments. And um, I know I saw John Hoven, who does great work covering the Kings in the rain. He tweeted something today that said, Aiden Dudas is in the right position in every drill they've done today. And that's like the type of player that he seems to be. So I'm excited to see what uh, to see what he does this year and to see how, how John Robleski uses him in the lineup. Okay, Josh, we'll let you go. I know I kept you longer than I said I would, but no, that's uh, okay. That was a great conversation, and uh, I'll let you go on this one. Uh, give a shout out to your uh, new radio partner because uh, you guys are the voices now of the rain. Yeah, Jared Shaffron, he came over from South Carolina, uh, the South Carolina Stingrays in the ECHL, and he's, uh, he's going to be the rain insider this year. He's, he's filling in at, um, at, at development camp, so he's kind of one of the guys leading the charge out there. Uh, he's filling in with the Kings insiders. So, uh, yeah, Jared, Jared does really good work, and um, I'm looking forward to, to working with him this year. And first event is September 26th, I want to say. It's Kings versus Kings in Ontario. Um, I don't know what our live coverage will be at this point. That's something we're talking about, but preseason and, and opening night coming up in the middle and end of October, and it, it can't come quick enough. I can't wait. <laughs> and we've we've got a, a long slate of home games to start. It's like five games in eight days or something like that, and it's going to be a grind, but, uh, but I can't wait. Well, we're sending Rob. If they'll let him in, uh, we're sending them, and <laughs> I can't wait to, to see you in person again. And, uh, you know, continue the great work. It's always a pleasure, and uh, you're welcome on this show anytime, Josh. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. You know I'm a talker, so I'm fine <laughs> hanging out a little bit longer. But, yeah, I hope to, hope to see you guys out. Rob, hope to see you at a game this year, and uh, looking forward to talking with you guys again. Appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Josh Schaefer, the new voice of the Ontario Reign. Uh, Rob and I are going to take a couple-minute break, and we're going to be right back to wrap up another episode of college uh, college professional hockey southwest week i've got too many podcasts guys i can't keep straight we'll be right back hi this is Derek stevens download your new sports betting app with circus sports get 24 7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu including props futures cross sport parlays in-game wagering and more Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. 
Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino. Everything that you need in downtown Las Vegas, right off of Fremont Street. Scott Strandy with you. Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Rob Rothfarb out in beautiful Southern California. Rob, you know the drill by now. Um, <laughs> just a quick recap. I know we're running a little late, but a quick recap on, on Josh. Did he say he's 23 years old or he's had 23 years experience? Uh, you know what? It seems it really seems like he has 23 years experience. He really carries himself very well. Uh, very knowledgeable, very uh, succinct in, in what he's saying. Uh, it was it was very much a pleasure to talk to him. I always love former ASU people. Uh, I can't wait to meet him in person and, and talk to him a little bit about hockey and, and, and ASU especially. Uh, but no, it was good stuff. It's you know a lot of energy. Anytime you get someone from Southern California who's that big of a hockey fan, you know they really must know the game. Yeah, and that voice is uh, going to be something that's going to be heard for a long, long time because. Uh, very distinctive, very professional. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He works at his craft more than, uh, boy, a lot of people. I mean, you talk about some of the people that I've seen come through ASU, and there's a lot of talented people that have come through there. Josh is right up there near the top, if not the top that I've seen. Sorry, Tyler Paley. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but Josh, just keep up the good work is all I can say because uh, uh, it's going to be just a pleasure to uh, to run into him frequently as we cover uh AHL Pacific Division hockey games this year. All right, my friend, since we're running late, take it away. All right. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at thed.com. Boost Mobile, where all the plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs, on the ice or in line. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems to, like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Refuel with your drive with M-Drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And our thanks to uh, the second of uh, our uh, Sun Devil guests this week, Leanne Blinn, the strength and conditioning coach, joined us last night. So if you haven't heard that, get down there and download it on uh, any of your favorite uh, podcast apps. And, of course, our thanks to Josh Schaefer, the voice of the Ontario Reign and uh, ASU alum as well for joining us tonight. We'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers De Niro. Good night, everybody. Good night.